Hey, and welcome back to Conscious Founders. Today we've got Zebediah Rice, founder of Serena System. It's a podcast series and educational website about how to live a happier, more joyful life. I really love Zebediah's background. He's an incredible investor in uh, clean technology and um, very vetted entrepreneur as well, started so many companies. Today, uh, our conversation has so many wide-ranging topics from what it means at a personal level to be happy and healthy to uh, what it is like as an investor, uh, building and starting companies and um, as an advisor, helping uh, entrepreneurs in their venture, getting their creations out into the world. I know you'll enjoy this conversation with Zebediah, and uh, I certainly did. Of course, if you'd like to reach Zebediah, you can find his content at serenasystem.com, uh, S-E-R-E-N-A, S-Y-S-T-E-M.com. And uh, as always, you can contact me, Xander, at Xander at ConsciousFounders.org. Also want to give myself a little plug here. I started a coaching business. I'm taking on four clients a quarter, and uh, I'm also happy to give one-on-one, one-and-a-half-hour sessions of coaching if you're interested as a complimentary service to the world. I love you all. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Zebediah. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. Thanks for awesome. having me. Awesome. So the focus of the, the conversation, you're actually a, one of the perfect guests for this podcast because um, you have both the investment experience, which you know companies need finance in order to operate, um, and not all companies need venture capital, but uh, some of them do, and you also have a deep quest, uh, a deep embodiment of your understanding of the, the ancient traditions because you've actually practiced a lot of meditation um, and practiced quite a, a lot of uh, martial arts and other yeah. other aspects in, in deepening the, the understanding of self and world. So um, can you share with us a little bit about your background on both, uh, let's start with the King River Capital and how you got interested in, in investing in, um, in I'll call sure. it triple bottom line type of, of uh, companies? Yeah, for sure. So uh, just brief uh, kind of potted uh, biography on me is that uh, in the early 90s, I discovered the internet when I was in college and, uh, and, then, um, and then the web and then, you know, the whole boom. And so I, I kind of became pretty convinced early on that um, there was this disruptive force sweeping uh, through the business world. And, and I just knew I wanted to be a part of that somehow. So I, I've pretty much done the same thing uh, since, since I was in college, which is I've been a, an entrepreneur and, a, and an investor interested in um, technologies that, that disrupt um, business, but also you know, human, consci human consciousness. So it, the, the two, Serena and um, King River, I guess, have that in common. But, but from a business per perspective, um, I've, I've founded six or seven companies over the years um, and also uh, uh, now um, am uh, an investor at King River Capital, it's a venture capital uh, firm, which uh, sort of sits straddling the Pacific between Sydney and San Francisco, basically. Awesome. Well, that's a fantastic background. I don't think everyone can say that they've founded six or seven companies. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. 
and in the early days of the internet, um, back in the nineties, I was, I was, uh, in high school, early nineties. And, uh, I remember building the first website for my, my, uh, high school and being like, wow, this is incredible, you know? And uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it really, it really just totally, like you said, was a complete disruptor for all, not just business, but the face of humanity right as as we yeah know i mean it was i people. remember i did the first website for bank of america hmm. and uh first website for jay walter thompson first gubernatorial candidate in the country to have a website wow um in fact i was on the i was on the i, I was like my one and only sort of uh, claim to fame i was on the cover of the la times business section <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, it's been downhill from there, but uh, huh. I peaked a little too early in the 1993 or four or something. <laughs> and you grew yeah. up in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, L.A., New York, and Chicago, but mostly L.A., yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, well, that's a wonderful background on the business front, and it sounds like you're still active in the investment side of things, or is it less so yeah. now? Yeah, or... No, well, uh, I, I guess it's more, I take more of a, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't want to say Taoist uh, approach. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you can say Taoist on this podcast. Uh. No, I don't want to scare my investors away, but <laughs> uh, no, but, but I, I guess um, in the past, uh, I used to look at uh, well over uh, a thousand deals a year. And I mean, not I, my, my firm, Angelina Group, which I founded in 2000, um, uh, they managed about $500 million, uh, at least when I left, that's, that's what they were, uh, they were managing. And so we, we had a process, very, very vigorous, very um, kind of proactive in, in generating deal flow. Um, and so now I, I'm not as um, active, I, passive is the wrong word, but um, it's, it's sort of more, more, it is more in the Taoist tradition of of um, you know, following kind of what uh, what the world brings you in terms of deal flow, uh, and so I look at about a hundred, a little more than a hundred deals a year, um, and might invest in none, might invest in you know three, you know it's 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 not not that much, but it's it's kind of a um, it's a different approach than let's just say I've been uh, I did you know before. Yeah, it sounds like it was a very like um, expansive and kind of aggressive uh, approach before with really trying to generate deal flow and and now it's it's more selective yeah and well and you know the deal flow because i've been doing this for 20 25 years whatever it's been uh, i have a rich network mm. i mean i i mean I, my network is mainly in silicon valley but i i i had to, I was helping one of my companies out and in, in raising money in china and i i, I know over 100 vcs in china i'm just like <laughs> happened but it means i'm old basically well <laughs> And you live in Australia, right? You you live in Sydney now. I do, yeah. Most of the time, I'm here. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, well, that's good. A hundred hundred deals a year to even evaluate is still quite a big number for however many uh, working days there are. And then, on top of that, or in addition, or I'm not sure in, in parallel, even um, you have Serena Systems. Yeah. And. You say you said it started out as a passion project. Um, yeah, it seems like you've got quite a lot of content. I've really enjoyed some of yeah. your podcasts uh, and your writings, you. and um, you're very articulate. You also make it fun um, for for listeners. Can you share with us that website uh, so I don't so I get it right? 
yeah, it's it's uh, it's just www.serenasystem.com. Uh, no S on there. Serena. Okay, great. System. Serena, like the the name. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Search if you search, you know, Serena Happy Mind probably will come up, or Happy Body, or Zebediah Rice, Serena. It's something oh, like that. Oh, and can you spell your name for our listeners so they, if they want to Google you or? Yeah, it's it's Z E B E D I A H, Rice R I C E Zebediah Rice. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah so uh, I um, uh, yeah so I'm I'm happy to tell you if you want to hear more about Serena System I can tell you about that or but. Uh, yeah yeah I'm interested in both um, because you have a wealth of knowledge in the investment side um, so recently the focus of the podcast and my efforts with conscious founders has has been i see a, a need for interfacing uh the wisdom of bankers of or financiers in whatever way that manifests investors um uh, um, makers so those would be like entrepreneurs uh people building the technology maybe not even the entrepreneurs who understand how to run a business but people who make technology yeah. Um, artists. Uh, so people who are, are creative types, um, maybe they're the same as the makers, but maybe, maybe they just do crazy art as an expression of their life and, and, um, translation of the cosmic consciousness for humans, or maybe, um, uh, they do it just for themselves. And, and then, uh, the fourth category is, is healers. Um, mm. and that, that category is, Basically, um, um, researchers, so people who take clinical practices and they um, isolate uh, kind of what's working from maybe more of a um, traditional Western medical uh, perspective like neuroscience or, uh, for example, one of the people I interviewed was a specialist in VR and PTSD yeah. and the clinical applications there. Um, yeah. And then a, a, a healers could also be someone who happens to do body work and maybe Chinese medicine or, sure. um, but getting all of those people, um, ideally to come to the same table. Um, and if not, then getting the makers or, um, any one of those, um, categories of folks together so they can cross pollinate, um, in those different sectors. I feel like, artists, healers, um, uh, makers, and bankers, uh, or what's kind of required to get um, a company of scale in the VR and in the consciousness technology, I'm calling generally so consciousness Do you, do you see a, a, like a common thread between all of them, or is it more that you're trying to bring the different perspectives on? Right, right. I'm actually um, trying to help facilitate the production and distribution of technology that has in it um, the mission of helping people uh, heal and be happy uh, through the use of scalable technology. And okay. in order to do that, um, it seems like all those people need to be talking. Um, right. And, and what I've discovered is they seem to still be operating in silos, like the research scientists, um, they might talk to a few technologists, but they don't have access to like the amazing artists, right? And then maybe you have 
the amazing artists who has meditated for 20 years and is building this really interesting meditation application, but they don't have any idea about how to get it into the hands of a technologist who can distribute it or build it into some scalable system. Or maybe you have a technologist who just has no idea about how to get their system out there from a, a scalable venture-backed perspective or even mm -hmm. angel or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's where, that's where my, my mission right now is. And that's why Great. I'm thrilled to have your perspective. So maybe we can Thank share you. a little bit about the, um, the, your insights on, on investing. Um, and I, and I know you don't necessarily invest in consciousness related, um, technologies. Your focus has been more on, uh, environmental impact and, green technologies for a lack of a better term term or maybe correct that, me if yeah. yeah so so uh I, i'm with with king river uh i'm just focused on businesses that i believe can be become you know billion dollar businesses that are startups and uh i used to for for 15 or 20 years at angelino group my filter was trying to find businesses that that could become big not necessarily billion dollar businesses but that they did have that triple bottom line um and uh you know, I, uh, but I, I don't filter for that at, at the moment at King River. I'm not, I'm not exclusive to impact investing as they, as they sometimes call it. Um, but it's, it's, and with, with respect to consciousness businesses, uh, I'm also not filtering or, or specifically interested in that, but I do believe, uh, you know, kind of like when I founded Angelino group in 2000, um, it's kind of like what you're talking about with consciousness. Now, I, I think, you know, I, I heard, uh, one of these uh, these guys, you know, I think it was Dan Harris or someone like that, talk about how, you know, in the 1940s, if you said you were you were going jogging or you know going for a run, they would say you know running from what? Uh, or in in the 1980s or 90s, if you did yoga, you were like this like hippie. But you know, both those things have become mainstream. And his his point was that um, consciousness uh, activity, you know, activity to to, to whether it's the technology or the, the the activities that people do or the exercises or so and so on, uh, is going to become more and more mainstream. And so, as a business person, like when I founded Angelina Group in 2000, that was a uh, you know kind of investing in green technology and solar and wind was considered you know uh, out there. You know, um, and uh, you know you you have so I, I was sort of saying actually you know that you can build billion dollar businesses in um, green technology. And, and that was sort of the basis of, of Angelino Group. And and sure enough, you know, I've backed multiple young companies that became billion dollar businesses in that area. Um, uh, and so, you know, that worked. And so I'm not specifically filtering for consciousness related or uh, mindfulness related or whatever businesses, but I wouldn't be surprised if I saw uh, those sort of things. In fact, there's a there's an app uh, I'm looking at right now, which is um, uh, it has it's a it's a depression um uh app focused app which um incl includes a lot of mindfulness sort of stuff so awesome. uh you know so that, like, that would be a classic example of where you have an intersection of the serena stuff with the um with the uh you know um you know the, the king river stuff what are the attributes and the values of of an entrepreneur that that you seek to invest in well, there's the no dickheads rule, which is the which is the, <laughs> the, big, the most important, the important one. And I know that's sort of almost become trite, but 
but I guess you know the 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 what I'm looking for uh, in in an entrepreneur and a founder or a founding team is just a like a, a unbelievable passion um, for what they're doing and a conviction around uh, how how they're they're um, going to build a big business. I mean, the, the the TV show Silicon Valley sort of uh, has kind of ruined the the, the phrase, you know. Uh, making the world a better place. <laughs> I don't know if you watched those episodes, but they, everyone's, you know, doing the uh, Hadoop, you know, Bitcoin blockchain to make the world a better place or whatever. But, but there is there is an element of, um, you know, if, if someone's just in it for the for the money, uh, you know, that that's not I don't think a recipe for for success. I mean, obviously there'll be great great riches that that, that come with with that success. But, um, you know, I, when I think about an entrepreneur. You got to have that passion, but then I'm also looking for the track record that says this is someone that um, has either done it before or uh, has done things in their career um, that that evidence the kind of intensity and um, uh, you know uh, success factors um, that that we're looking for. So they could be that could be in, in on the marketing side, it could be on the product side, it could be on the finance side. Um, you know, one one guy I, I backed was a McKinsey consultant, and normally, you know, consultants don't make great entrepreneurs. But you know, he just uh, he just he had sort of this this natural sales ability, um, and and you could just tell, like, just the way he was selling me as a as a potential investor. Uh, you know, I was just being kind of swept off my feet. You know, so um, imagine that with with customers, right? So so look, I mean, there's there's sort of a recipe that that you follow as a as a VC, um, and uh, I've learned that it's it's there's a little bit more of a um, you know something ineffable in, in entrepreneurs. You know you can you can kind of just smell them after a while. You mm -hmm. sort of it's you just can it's like a bloodhound or something. You know, you, <laughs> certain people have a certain something. Got um, it. That's great. You know, uh, like I, I knew Elon Musk in the '90s, and I just I just had never met anyone like him in terms of that that he had just had such conviction and 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 the bravado, but pulling it off, kind of. Um, and and you know, pe there's people that that have it and people that don't. So uh, that's one of the things I look for is that kind of certain ineffable something. Totally, that's awesome. Uh, something in. Yeah, we can we can talk about this uh, on this podcast. Something in their auric field, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I, I, I need to uh, adjust my language for right, for, right. So we can right we can this, we can change audience, hats. We can change hats now. Uh, um, that's very helpful for for folks on the listening side. Uh, yeah. The passion for the business, a track record, and something about the person, their sort of animatic uh, quality or. Um, charisma. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about their auric field. I mean, I, there is there is an energy in the air around these people, and 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 I think that people that can see the auras, I think would would see would see something different. But I think just about anyone, um, you know, the the extreme version for me, it's a very different energy. But like when I'm in the presence of someone like Thich Nhat Hanh, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I spent. I spent a, a, a few days with him on retreat in Santa Barbara many years ago. And it was just like, it wasn't just me. It was like everyone that's in a room with that guy, 
their energy level changes mm. and you could be the most cynical non-spiritual person in the world and you will notice your energy change you will feel better around someone like that now mm. with an entrepreneur that it's you don't you don't feel the way you do around Thich Nhat Hanh but you you, you want to believe them you want you know you have this kind of um this conviction around their success um that they they kind of emanate uh emanate that and so i think i think they are tapping into something energetic i like that phrasing their their conviction around their success because mm-hmm. you know some people would call that high self esteem but it's it's more than that right it's it's deeper so. and a lot of the great masters um <laughs> that i've been around as far as spiritual masters um there are sales masters too who you know cast spells on people like you know <laughs> sure. um, <laughs> and 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 maybe i was one of them at one point as a salesperson but uh but there are some really advanced spiritual teachers who yeah you you enter their field or i enter their field and it's just like wow you know can you just kind of blasted um i had a teacher i have a teacher who who when he visited delgo kinze rinpoche he uh he got up front to to you know do the three prostrations of the bowing and and instead he did the three um passing outs he uh because the energy was so strong he he literally fainted because he just like <laughs> he just kept kept getting knocked over from being in the presence of this you know enlightened being so um that's fun it's a it's a it's a whole other realm that you know it's one of those things like uh it has to be experienced in order to be understood and we can talk yeah. about it all day long but until yeah. it's experienced it's it's not believable in in a, in yeah. a way um so maybe we can we can shift gears into the serena um system and your your podcast sure. i would love if you could give um our listeners a background on your personal journey uh from sure. a teenager doing vision quests and fasting all the way up through your your current stage of life and the some of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome personally um and then how that influenced your decision to to create this offering um yeah yeah that'd be great I'd be, be happy to to do that um uh so i um you know I, as a teenager i i struggled with depression um and uh and i was uh always felt sort of uh like odd odd man out um and and perhaps because of that you know struggle for in search for 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 happiness or alleviation of my suffering at a very early, early age i was i became interested in in methods of of alleviating the the pain that i had psychologically and the sadness that i i felt and so you know maybe because of that i i kind of got switched on relatively early to um I, I, my access to it at first was through um kind of martial arts and 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 through kind of the outdoors and with the outdoors element that took me very quickly to uh, vision questing and fasting um and i was able to 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 realize you know really wonderful states of consciousness at a very early age um but i wasn't able to sustain those and and so the outdoor stuff i became a a very avid rock climber mountaineer and ice climber and um and so you know kind of naturally ended up in this kind of extreme sport sports world in through into my 20s and mountain biking as well uh pretty pretty extreme um versions of all that where I would I would frequently come face to face with death. You know, I'd go to Yosemite and I would do a big wall climb by myself. Um and 
that feeling of every, every, every hold, every moment I was affirming my life. And as someone that had struggled with depression, it was like, I can just relax these two fingers and I will die. Like that immediacy where I was like right on the edge of, of step. It wasn't, I, I wanted to commit suicide. I, 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 I had, you know, experienced those sort of thoughts, but that wasn't the, 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 the moment was more of just like, I choose to live in this moment. I choose to live in the next moment. I choose to live in every moment I could build up where I was making a choice to life was, was a celebration of, of kind of, my my life and my the you know the the vividness of of my kind of atomized individualized experience in this body and so so i, I kind of did that trajectory um and uh and what i realized was that uh you know like you know the kundalini yoga or psychedelic drugs or you know other other sort of ways of, of getting to these higher states of consciousness very very quickly it's it's not very sustainable and and it doesn't build a a stable uh stabilization of your mind and your consciousness at these higher levels and i was thinking about i'm, I'm about to release a, a, a three or four more podcast episodes when i when i get some time to record them i was thinking about the way i'll talk about it in there is it's almost like these different extreme sports or uh breathing practices or or uh certain psychoactive drugs it's almost like a a, a rocket you know, and, and, the, and the blasting out of, of the rocket, it's incredibly uh, vivid and, and loud and, and interesting. And, but, but once you get up in orbit, it's kind of like, you know, A, if you've done one of those things to get there, you're going to drop back down. But B, it's not as interesting as the journey, at least at first, uh, floating around in space or whatever. And so uh, I, I realized that, um, you know, as I went through my life. And so um, really... Uh, uh, kind of became just disillusioned because I didn't, I didn't think that there was a way to um, sustain that feeling. I couldn't be on a, on a cliff in Yosemite constantly affirming my life and feeling the kind of intensity of, of the joy of life. And uh, I kind of, you know, I had the family and work and had all that whole distraction. And I, I got really sick in my mid thirties. So it wasn't a sadness thing, but it was a physical sickness. And that, uh, uh, and, and I had, you know, rather than depression, I was struggling with anger issues. And, um, and, and that sort of turned me back to, to meditation, which I'd, I'd gotten involved in a little bit uh, in my teens. And, um, and, and, and then really kind of in my mid-30s, kind of rediscovering meditation, just to, and, and, and fortunately finding uh, the right teachers at the right time, just kind of blew my mind open in terms of um, what, what life could be like without actually having to put myself uh, at the top of the highest peaks, you know, or, or in avalanche country or, you know, whatever it was, uh, you know, I could do it just, just sitting on a cushion uh, or, um, or, or even, or even talking to someone. So, so that, that, that's kind of the quick, you know, arc of um, kind of how I, how I ended up doing Serena. Um, um, well, and, can you, can you tell us a little bit about the, the tipping point for you in your thirties that kind of because yeah. a lot of people struggle with physical pain i went through my own crucible on that and um you know i'm curious yeah. like what were some of the symptoms that you experienced if you're open to sharing and then like what were what were some of the the teachings yeah. that really helped to get you uh through that period well um yeah i mean i i i made a list i remember i made a list and i uh, i had i think 14 
ailments and and most of them were were kind of an, an inflammation related so um i won't, won't bore you with all of them but i had terrible um myofascial pain so i couldn't i couldn't drive to work without kind of resting when i take a shower i couldn't wash my hair without kind of resting my arms uh i was using voice to control a computer because i couldn't type uh i mean i was completely um debilitated for for six, six, 12 months where I, I couldn't use my arms almost but much of the time. The one upside was I, I, did, I couldn't do the dishes, which uh, I, I <laughs> enjoy doing, but my wife was pretty, uh, she's like, this is, this has gone too far. <laughs> uh, I was like, no, I actually really can. It's really painful. She's like, sure it is. <laughs> but um, but uh, anyway, so myofascial pain um, all over. Uh, I, I saw seven different doctors uh, before I, I, I sort of figured out how to cure that. Western um, medical doctors or yeah, mixture? Yeah. Uh, I, did, I did, yeah, neurologists and, um, uh, you know, uh, ortho orthopedic uh, people. Uh, I did um, sort of trauma people. I did, you know, everyone I, that I could figure out, I, I, I went and saw. And they all had, uh, you know, a hammer and they were, I was their nail. And I'm like, well, no, it doesn't, it's not just my wrist. It's like from my knuckles to my neck, down my back. You know, it was, it was yeah. kind of widespread. Yeah. I and, can I share with you? Um, I had a yeah. pretty similar your... experience in my journey. Yeah, tell me. Um, well, it's, um, yeah, I, I was so um, steeped in our current um, culture's medical belief that everything is um, a very physical oriented solution, right? If you can plug a chemical into something and it'll have this cascade, or you, yeah. you gotta a slip disc then you you know cut it open and put a piece of metal in there or yep. you know all kinds of very uh, mechanically oriented uh, uh, systems and and I went through a similar process of neurologists etc I had a lot of back pain and uh, my hand uh, went numb and um, also I actually hired someone to type for me because so we have a you know a similar level of very uh, similar yeah. it's like I'm not gonna stop working yeah. i love work you know like yeah you know, we keep going i'm gonna keep going and and um that's one of the the things that i'm i'm really um impressed by is people like you who you know you're you're a very intelligent person you have the 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 head intelligence right and i think one of the aspects of of the evolution of consciousness is to get deeper and deeper into the heart and the body as yeah. well yes, and yeah. um and so as as but the head can be very helpful for figuring mm -hmm. out stuff, figuring out solutions and figuring out even resources that can help us get in, embodied. Um, even if we don't know that's where we need to go, we know we want some sort of relief typically to start. And then beyond relief, typically once people have been healed, they want to be of service to others. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, well, that's kind of the stage yeah. you're at now, which is great. Yeah, exactly. Well, you'll find it interesting. So I'll finish the the a little bit more on the kind of health issue. So, so I, I I think the seventh doctor I saw, I somehow found this woman who's a medical doctor, but her attitude was, you know what? She's like Zeb, you're in your body's in crisis, um, and she's like, we got to throw everything at it. And she said, I I and and she and she said just she's like, if you want to be on my uh, me to help you, you have to be on my program. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm like at the end of my rope. I, I, my <laughs> life is like collapsing. And she said, okay, we're gonna do the normal stuff. Like we're gonna get you worked up MRIs and X-rays and nerve tests and everything else. 
and we're going to put you on some drugs. We're going to put some molecules in you, and we're going to um, do the traditional kind of medical route. She said, but I'm also going to do needling. Um, I'm also going to do aromatherapy, at which point I started laughing. Uh, and we're also going to do light therapy, and I started laughing more. And she, she had like, all, and then she said, we're going to do Feldenkrais, and we're going to do massage. I, like, I like the massage. And she's like, we're going to just, we, it, we don't, she said, we don't know what's going to work. We don't know what it's going to respond to, but you have to be on board to try everything. And I'm like, I'm in. I will do anything. I was desperate. Wow, and what for, an amazing human. She, yeah, she was amazing. And she also, she kind of had me because she had the degree from, you know, prestigious medical university. So my kind of intellectual side was was comforted. And and and, she, and her acupuncture, I now do a lot of, I love acupuncture, uh, but at the time I was a little skeptical. And she was like, no, we, we do this thing called the gun system. I am intramuscular stimulation. I think it's University of Washington, like took the elements of acupuncture that science could validate or something. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And, <laughs> and so like the, the, for me, the needling really worked and the, the Feldenkrais um, was transformative mm. and, and everything else was kind of, didn't, didn't do that much. And a so bonus. massage, aromatherapy, come on. I know. I, I was like, getting like massages was great. And the, <laughs> I kind of like the smells were very, very not, I don't think it did a thing, but it, I like the smells. <laughs> but she, she was really into the aromatherapy, which is fine. I, uh, I believe, I believe that stuff, uh, has, has big impact now, but, but anyway, um, point being, it kind of opened my eyes and re reacquainted with me to some of that stuff I did as a, a teenager, uh, some of the more shamanistic kind of practices. I'm like, Oh, maybe there is something to that. And it, and it healed me. I mean, just to give you one other example, uh, I had terrible, uh, acid reflux and, you know, the doctor's solution was, Oh, just here's a prescription, you know, uh, here's a more higher prescription. And, it was one of those things. I think a lot of people have this story where I just woke up one day and I was popping all these pills and I'm, and I'm going, wait, what was the over? It's been like five years. I've been on these pills. At one point I was buying the over the counter stuff and I calculated, I, I think I was on 16 times the over the counter dosage in order to control the reflux somehow over a period of years, the, the doctors have just kept increasing the prescription. And I, and then I started doing some research. I'm like, am I supposed to be on this the rest of my life? Because, and, and, and does it like, am I still going to have to keep increasing it? And, and no, you should not be on that stuff the rest of your life. It turns out, in fact, I, I come to a view that it's not even good to, to do it you know, much at all, but you know, the, 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 the different beta blockers and, and the different, um, people that a million, tens of millions of Americans and people around the world have it. And so it's people are familiar with the, the renitidines and the um, lanzaprazoles uh, are the two different types of um, uh, chemicals. Um, so, so, the, so, so anyway, I mean, I, as I said, there was 14 different ailments. I'm not going to go through all of them. Those are the two, two big ones uh, to give you as an example. And so I started, I started um, doing the Feldenkrais, which got me back into meditation because that's a moving meditation. Um, and uh, uh, with respect to the reflux, uh, I did a dramatic transformation to an alkaline diet and within 30 days, all, almost all of the, of the things disappeared. It was just like, holy cow, I've just changed what I put into my body and, uh, and, and, and all these physical ailments disappeared. I, I was able to go off the medication within, a, within a month. Um, and I, I thought I was a healthy guy. Like I, you know, I was like a big athlete and would ride, you know, for, for you know, uh, 
three, four hours in, in the back country and, you know, be able to hike all day and all night. I mean, I thought I was healthy, but it turns out I was incredibly uh, unhealthy. Wow. Thank you for sharing your journey because that's, uh, I think for our listeners, they, like me and like you, we do need that intellectual reassurance. Like, oh, this is a successful person who is intelligent and by all definitions of our of our culture, a success, right? Uh, and And then to have that person affirm that, you know, a lot of stuff Western medicine just can't answer. And maybe we look around the edges of what healers are, or maybe even into the ancient traditions that, you know, some of us dismiss uh, in the West. Um, and then by necessity, maybe we rediscover. Uh, I know my family. Yeah, the, the, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, oh, just my family is very much a Western mindset. Uh, medical, um, you know, perspective. Yeah, I've got I've got a bunch of doctors in my family too, and 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 they think some of the stuff I do is pretty funny. But, but the reality <laughs> is that if you break a leg or something, you know, like yeah, you want the best Western medicine to do that, and and we've got great, um, you know, you know, penicillin in certain instances is is you know can I, saved my life. I, I almost got a or certainly saved a leg. I almost had a leg amputated, and thank goodness there was penicillin. Nice. Otherwise, I'd I'd be one leg. Uh, down uh and so like i'm all for western medicine but 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 there's so much we don't know i mean they're now bringing back um leeches for certain for certain therapies you know they they we laughed at that in western medicine for for years and years but apparently it helps now there's there's all this um uh, gut microbiome research uh is, has begun and and actually people that have horrible um gi issues it turns out if they take a a pill with someone else's fecal matter in it um, in other words, like you're eating someone else's shit. Uh, you, you actually can repopulate the flora in your own gut and reestablish um, a healthy mi microbiome and cure some of these these extraordinarily um, uh, uh, chronic uh, inflammatory and autoimmune diseases in, in the gut. And so, you know, point being like... So instead, it's had, like it's eat shit and thrive instead of eat shit. Yeah, eat shit and thrive. I mean, I, I was I was told about that from from one of one of my medical doctor uh, relations who, you know, I, they thought it was hysterical, but they were like, actually, this is a real treatment. No, totally. Um, it makes sense. I mean, in, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, some of the stuff that we think is crazy or absurd that the ancients did or that maybe no one did, uh, you know, uh, well, I guess dogs, 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 <laughs> maybe they're on something. Dogs are tuned in. Yeah, maybe they're like tuned in. They're like more, more advanced than us, but maybe not. Uh, so anyway, point being that, that, um, uh, there's a lot it has to offer, but there's a lot that it, it, uh, doesn't, doesn't understand. Yeah. For if my, my distinction is on, on acute, um, any kind of acute symptom, like a break a leg, you get a cut, you need stitches. Western medicine blows it all apart. Uh, yeah. And if you have something that's a little longer term or chronic or has the potential to be a longer term challenge, then the actually uh, Western medicine doesn't generally answer those those challenges. And they're they are a a whole person challenge. They need the attention yeah. of maybe a really uh, skilled psychotherapists, spiritual community, mm. or uh, or an individual uh, healer who can help steward the person along, and um, yeah, and I'm also seeing more and more um, Western doctors that have that um, cross cultural 
understanding. So a lot of Western, my, my, my uh, general practitioner uh, is this amazing woman and, you know, she studied, um, she got her doctor of osteopathy and, and in that um, they learn a lot of other, what we, what Western medicine might consider um, fringe type of um, practices. Anyway, I saw her uh, as a, as a client and then like, you know, for back pain. And then the next uh, week I saw her in a hot yoga class and I'm like, Oh, so you, you know, she's like, yeah, of course I come here. It works. <laughs> she's practical. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so getting back to some of the questions that, um, around Serena systems, uh, may or system, maybe you can share with us, um, some of the, uh, the findings that you found, the things that, the tell me, how about we'll start with this, the, the top three or the top five, practices that you personally have found to be incredibly helpful for your own health and um, and then how you came about discovering them yeah for sure um, so so um, for me the the it, it gets down to kind of rewiring your brain and, and retraining um, your consciousness uh, to adjust to uh, a, a kind of a, a new world and so um, there's lots of different ways to do that. I mean, um, but the, the ones that have stood the test of time that I'm familiar with include meditation, chanting, prayer, Tai Chi, Qigong, yoga, etc. cetera. Um, and, and so for each, but, it, but you can't just sort of do that. Someone could meditate their whole life or do yoga their whole life and never kind of heal in the way that we're talking about. Uh, I think you, you have to combine these practices with, with a, an understanding of, of where it is you're headed and, 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 and why it is that you're going there. And so um, that's what I think is, is missing in a lot of these traditions is people do, do a few minutes of mindfulness every day and, uh, and they, feel, they feel happier. So I, I'm all for that. I'm not, I don't mean to disparage that. Like that's, that's phenomenal. Um, but I think to, to achieve a, a, a more sustained shift in 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 life towards a, a more sustainable sense of of peace and happiness and uh more of a, a sense of purpose or fulfillment in your life it requires a combination of the practices like meditation or you know chanting or you know breath work or whatever uh with a um yeah as i said a, a kind of uh, understanding of where it is you're going and why that's great um i found the same to be true uh, personally, and, and it's been an interesting journey. One of my uh, teachers talks about the where are you going and why question. Yeah. Um, and he has a really wonderful formula to to come up with the answer for that. And it's, oh, great. Uh, let's, let's let me in on the secret. <laughs> oh, it's actually a brilliant secret. It's, uh, it's um, uh, what are the top three things that you love about yourself, the top three things that you love doing, and then the top three things that you love sharing with others. And you take that statement and you say, my general life purpose is to use my top three things I love about myself to do top three things I love to do in order to share the top three things that we love to share. And the caveat is that um, with that statement, that's sort of like your, your mantra for the inner alchemy work. And with that statement, um, we end up... Um, 
coming up with um, basically a program where we end up attracting more and more of that because that's our, our goal, where we're going. And they happen to be a, a value-based uh, mission because those are, those are values that are intrinsic to us. They're not, um, they're not things that are external to us. And so that's another, another really nice benefit. And the underpinning of that is that those things need to be done in order to um, serve and benefit others in the world. So it doesn't become uh, an entirely um, selfish or egocentric practice. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, that's been a really, really, really valuable, um, just short way to find yeah. purpose Great. and value in life, right? Um, yeah. I love it. Yeah, and then aligning the, the meditation, chanting, breath work, prayer, yoga, the, the practices with that uh, mission in mind is, is very helpful. The other aspect I'm, I'm interested in, in that I've discovered is, is uh, what's in Buddhist philosophy is called Sangha, and uh, yep. that's community. And I found that, yeah. um, that certainly we have our own ind- individuality and our own place in the world. I found that health actually really improves when people step into a community of like-minded people or, or those who want to support. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And, and ideally in that community, there's a good teacher or two. Yeah. That's the third aspect. So one is the practice. The second is the uh, teacher. And then the third is the community that that's yeah. what the, the Buddhist teaching. So what of the meditation, chanting, prayer, breath, work, and yoga what has been like, or what was the biggest pivot point for you in your, in your practice of cultivating your own joy and happiness? You're balancing family, you're balancing yeah. uh, work and you're balancing your um, internal reflection and, and teachings online. Yeah. For, for me, um, uh, meditation is kind of the umbrella because it, what I realized is that all these different things are forms of meditation. And, uh, and so, you know, the, the, when I have body issues, you know, the Feldenkrais or Alexander technique or kind of moving meditations, um, uh, have really helped me. And, and, you know, like the happy body podcast, you know, is an example of one of the podcasts I do where I, I share the, the pain that I've had in different parts of my body kind of methods that I've used to unlock it. And, uh, that's, that's an example, which has really transformed my, my, my sense of physical well-being um but it's not sort of like sitting there following your breath it's actually doing visualizations doing um conscious movement mindful movement um connecting to your chakras connecting to the um astral body you know all these different things that that uh kind of influence your your physical sense of 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 well-being um that you know you can you can do uh to to make yourself feel better and so that that's that's just an example um of, of one thing but so meditation for me is kind of a, a rubric that i put put a lot of things under um meditation being um a highly focused activity with an intention or yeah yeah and so you know i've got i've got like the 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 happy mind podcast that i do is all about uh the varieties of different sorts of meditations i mean you know i've i've got on there chanting um, you know, you, or there's counting ones, there's, 
um, sort of consciousness ones, chakra ones. You know, so it's it's. I think you you summarized it well. It's a it's a mindful practice with an intention where you're uh, essentially uh, trying to um, uh, remember that that the the ego and the uh, the, the person that, that you think you are is actually not who you are. Um, and, and I, I love neuro neuroscience, neuropsychology, and there's a lot of work in the recent, recent few years of around the default mode network and this kind of sense of, of self that, that, that the mind mind generates. Um, and, and the, the practices to, to dissolve that, uh, on, on command. Um, and there's, there's molecules you can use to dissolve it, but, but it's temporary and, and pretty uh, back to the kind of rocket ship analogy, pretty um, uh, mind bending. Um, so, so, ha you know, meditation for me is a practice of, um, you know, all these different ways of, of, of rewiring your brain to uh, assimilate this experience of, of non-self. Mm. Yeah. I like that word assimilate because uh, I've also found that, I've actually, you know, I've, I've tried some various molecules to, you know, help boost the rocket ship in the past, um, in the last five years, I haven't really, but I found that, um, that meditation is a very, um, subtle process yes. for me. Yes. Um, and in that, and in that subtlety, uh, comes a, a gentleness. I mean, that meditation can be very like hard and focused and can be challenging to focus but but it, it comes a what's the word i'm looking for uh a, it's a slower process but it seems to be a healthier one in the long run and well it's a stable it's and it's a more stable one. sustainable yeah. is a really good word yeah yeah stable stable and sustainable um is exactly the the word it's it's i think you, you know you, you said it so well you know there is a gentleness to it and, and the problem with, with the, um, you know, like a, a Kundalini yoga or some of the molecules that, that, uh, uh, bend the brain, um, is that, or, or, or a lot of psychic sort of stuff that people get into is that it's, it's, it's incredibly distracting. Like it's so, it's, it's just like your ego, your ego is so loud and your sense of self is so loud and the, the voice from these higher planes and they call it the subtle plane. I mean, there's a reason they, they call it the subtle plane. It's, it is so subtle. And in the in the Old Testament, in the Psalms, they they talk about the voice that, that that speaks to you from that that place as the soft, still voice. It's almost like a meek whisper, almost apologetic. You know, doesn't want to interrupt you. Whereas your emotional self and your intellectual self is screaming in your ear. Anyone that's had kids or looked after, you know, a a, a colicky infant, you know, that that's like your 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 emotional or intellectual self. It's just like so loud, and and and. In, in order to, to, to uh, you know, live the kind of life of, of, of peace and happiness that, that we're talking about, you can't listen to those voices. You've got to mm -hmm. listen to the, to the soft, still voice. And, and you can't do that unless you quiet down and slow down and, and stop moving. Neuro neurologically, that can be related to the, the soft, still voice being a little more of the, the, um, the rational prefrontal cortex, the adult brain, and then the, Definitely. the egoic self or the loud is like the three-year-old, the toddler, the, the early yes. neural networks that were kind of laid down, down for like, you know, me, mine, no. Yes, <laughs> uh, exactly. And that, and that, and those are, 
you know, if you're in a survival situation, th those have, have, have been evolutionarily selected for. And so there's, there's a reason we're good at, at, at listening to those. Um, but there's also uh, a better way to live, you know, uh, which, which is more difficult. Yes, yeah, it can be more difficult, and I feel like we train we train these skills um, that we, yeah, we can then access them. Quickly. Yeah, it, it, that's the wrong. You're right. It's, it's it 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 appears more difficult from a certain consciousness, but it's actually <laughs> from the three year old. It's like ah, I've got to work. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but exactly. once the adult brain kicks in, it's like well, I'm I'm choosing this because it's in alignment with my values yes, and longer term yes. health. Um, awesome. I'd love to chat more about your your podcast and the kinds of content. So you have, we have five different podcasts and the four of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you've got Happy Mind, Happy uh, Body. I took some notes here. Or just could you just list them off for me again? Yeah, yeah. So there's 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 five. Um, the four main ones are the Happy Body, Happy Mind, Happy Life, and Happy Sounds. And then I have a, um, uh, kind of occasional one I do with selections of, of recorded conversations with one of my teachers, George Falcon. Uh, so really the four are, uh, the, the, the happy, uh, Serena happy podcasts. And, and, uh, so in brief to tell you what they are, happy life is a kind of, uh, wisdom from the ancient masters. You know, I, I, I'm always uh, researching and reading and have been for, for decades, um, ancient wisdom teachers from every tradition, from, from the 10 or 12 traditions that I'm sort of steeped in. Um, and, you know, Buddhism, Christianity, Islam, uh, you know, Taoism, uh, the Polynesian traditions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and then uh, uh, that, so that's Happy Life podcast. Then the Happy Mind podcast are the guided meditations that I do. Uh, Happy Body podcast is like you know Feldenkrais type stuff, um, where where it's kind of movement movement therapy and moving meditations for everything from muscle pain to, to allergies to insomnia, and then finally the Happy Sounds podcast. I collect sounds. You know, I travel around the world all the time, and I, you know, I might be in the jungle in Brazil, and I'll, I'll record what that sounds like, or I might be in in Muir Woods, you're really up above in the headwaters of Muir Woods, where it's not very many people, or uh, you know. Uh, I might be in, you know, a, a, a backcountry in, in, in the Rockies or whatever. And, and I, I try to, and I do my meditation practice there or moving meditations or whatever. And, and, and so I love having those sounds to, uh, to listen to for, for, uh, for sleeping or, 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 uh, meditation or studying or whatever. Oh, that's great. So it's like capturing, uh, an experience in the audio uh, that you yes. can then reflect on and you're, you're sharing those experiences with others online. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most people probably just listen to it for the, for the sounds, but there is definitely, uh, I'm creating a space, uh, of stillness and, and meditation, um, energy, meditative energy in that soundscape. Um, and I'm trying to harmonize myself with the, the natural environment. And, um, I mean, some of them, the, the sounds are just, you know, like I did a, a Australian rainforest sound and I don't know if anyone's spent time in the Australian bush, but it is so loud. Like the, the cicadas and the bird, I mean, it is just so loud. It's intense. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, you can be transported by that. 
Uh, but I also did one on like a, a harbor beach and you just hear little kids laughing and running around. And yes, you know, so there's all kinds of different, different things on there. I love that. That's great. The different soundscapes to be present with. Um, that sounds, it's a wonderful combination. And like uh, many entrepreneurs that are passionate, you know, you're taking your passion and sharing it with the world in a creative way, uh, which benefits yourself and others. I've certainly benefited from some of your teachings and you also make them fun. I like, you know, it's not all, it's not all business, uh, you know, and, and that, that's a really wonderful teaching aid is making things yeah, I mean, fun I, I and storytelling. Have, I have my uh, idiosyncratic uh, passions. And so you, you're liable to hear on the Happy Life podcast, Wisdom from Yoda or uh, General Iroh from, from uh, the last, uh, last airbender, or, you know, uh -huh. the, the, you know, my, you know, the Kung Fu Panda you uh -huh. know, probably be in there. You know, so I, I, I love all the, the old, you know, ninja Kung Fu stuff and, and uh, sci-fi stuff. So, uh, and it turns out the people that wrote those characters uh, were steeped in in um, some of these ancient traditions, and so it it, it it's ex I think part of the reason those those franchises like Kung Fu Panda or Star Wars or, or Last Airbender were so hugely popular is that they were really connecting with with these ancient ancient traditions and and the the insight that these wisdom masters of old. Uh, you know, shared with us. But the problem is when you go read it, it's it's translated probably not very well. It's culturally totally disconnected from from us. And so the advantage of these, you know, comic book or fantasy or sci-fi films is is that you can, it brings the mythology to us in a highly entertaining and accessible way. And so, so I do, yeah, I do a little bit of that, some, some it's, quoting. It's awesome. I love it. Um, <laughs> I also love how you're, you know, you're, you're fearless when it comes to expressing your personality, right? And I think um, in a lot of the, the business, uh, at least from my perspective, you seem fearless with it. Uh, I, I know in a lot of the, the business um, realm, it's like uh, there's a certain hat that we're supposed to wear as an investor or as a software person or as a salesperson. You know, there's a certain way to dress, a certain way to shake a hand, a certain way to yeah. present oneself. and and I like uh, and and um, admire that you're saying, hey, you know, guys, world, this is who I am. And yeah. yes, I have done these things. And that's an aspect of myself and my being that I still do. And we're multidimensional humans, you know, with um, that aren't just cut and dry. And I think a lot of our culture uh, likes to believe things are in the in, this or that black and white, you know, binary framework, like, oh, this person is in this category, right? Um, and, yeah. And, and so I and, like and, that you're multifaceted and you're actually sharing that with, with the world. Th thank you. I, I, um, it does feel a little risky. I do feel exposed. I mean, I, I don't know why it's different. I'd be curious your thoughts. I mean, I, I used to be a triathlete. Um, uh, I, mean, I still do, do, do some of that. But if, if my work colleagues discovered that I was a triathlete, would I be embarrassed? You know, no, but for some reason, you know, I'm, I'm like, uh, uh, someone that has a podcast about meditation, you know, that, that sort of seems unprofessional from a VC point of view. Um, but, but fortunately it, it fits with the disruption, right? It, it, it's sort of, there is a narrative that says I'm an entrepreneur, I'm interested in disruption and the technology, uh, happens to be neurological technology and consciousness technology and, and what's being disrupted is not 
not business, but is, is human, the human experience and human consciousness. So it, you know, it, it's, it's kind of the same interest in a way, um, but uh, expressed at a different level. And, and, and who doesn't want to be happy? I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of what, what we're all after. And, <laughs> and so I don't think there's anything to be embarrassed that I'm interested in that. And I, I talk about it, but, but nevertheless, I, I do get some funny looks from some of my uh, work colleagues. <laughs> that's great. You know, like that takes courage. And I think um, that's one of the, that's one of the defining characteristics of entrepreneurs is the capacity to say, you know, I have conviction around this. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to express who I am and you can like it or not like it, but this, you know, this is who I am. Yeah. That actually is, a, is something I, I was thinking about earlier when we were talking, like the, the thing for me about Serena is it's totally organic and spontaneous. Like I'm, I, I, I don't, I don't have an agenda. You know, I'm used to like having a business plan and, and, you know, you, you know, I do diligence on, on investing millions of dollars in software companies. And it's like, there's a process and everything. I don't really have a process. It's more like art with Serena. Like I, I'll read a poem and, and suddenly I'll just be flooded with kind of uh, the, the, this, this, the, these, sen these sensibilities and, and I'll try to, and then I try to figure out how do I convert that? I feel inspired to convert that into, into a meditation that I share on, on the happy, happy mind meditation, or I'll, I'll be reading some, you know, 12th century Islamic mystic and and then and then I'll be reading the the I Ching and I'll go oh my God they're saying the same thing and, and so I'll, I like I want to like workshop that like how do I how do I make that connection I make it I seal my own understanding by writing about it and talking about it and uh, and so I do that in a very public you know way where I, bro I broadcast it I guess you could say with the podcast and the and the blog and so on um, and and it's but then you know six weeks could go by and I don't have any inspiration uh, but then. Then suddenly I'll be meditating and, and like, you know, a ton of bricks drops on me. Suddenly I have this flash of, of, of insight or an experience and I want to kind of turn my meditation inside out or turn my, my um, epiphany uh, uh, inside out and, and not just share it like, hey, this is what I learned, like telling someone over coffee, but actually how do I bring my, my community, my listeners along that same journey so that they can experience the same epiphany themselves. And that's like just super interesting and fun to me. And that's, that's kind of my process. That's, I love that. That's a great process. And, um, and the world is a richer place because of your efforts and your passions. So. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us at ConsciousFounders.org. Uh, if you would like to learn more about Zebediah, his teachings, definitely check out SerenaSystem.com. If you'd like to contact me, you can certainly email me, Xander, Z-A-N-D-E-R, at ConsciousFounders.org. You can also find out uh, really awesome teachings and insights uh, about different shortcuts for entrepreneurs at my website, uh, consciousfounders.org and if you'd like to learn more about coaching again I'm happy to offer to budding entrepreneurs or even second third time entrepreneurs who are doing things in a different way hour and a half coaching sessions uh, complimentary because I love to see people succeed the more you succeed the more we all succeed and we grow together and learn and enjoy life more uh, love you all so much have a beautiful afternoon, evening, or morning, whenever it is you're listening to this, and we'll catch up soon. Bye for now.